Grow on the Go, a very professional production that we've been doing for several years. <laughs> yes, and I do want to give you a heads up. Yes, this is not our last episode; it's our second last episode. Yes, next week we're going to be reflecting on our seven seasons of Grow on the Go. Yeah, and why we're winding it up, and um, we just want to say how much we've appreciated. Mm-hmm. Our listeners, and um, especially those of you who've given us feedback, boy, it's really great when you're sitting alone in a blanket fort. Yeah, well, alone together in the blanket yeah, alone fort, together in a blanket fort. Um, yeah. To um, hear that um, what we're preparing is making a difference to listeners, and we hope yeah. that we'll continue to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. I wow, we when we started this, we really had mm-hmm. no idea. Um, I certainly didn't think it would go on for, for seven years. Seven years. <laughs> I was in my early 20s yeah. when we started this. Yeah. That's a lot of growing up. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about that, but not till okay, next okay, week. Okay, okay, not till next week. Okay. Tune in next week. All right. Yeah. So, um, have you ever done something that was motivated by pride? The reason I'm asking is because people always quote this little part of a Bible verse that said pride, pride comes, comes before a fall. fall. Yeah. So, does pride always make you fall? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to comment on that. I, <laughs> I was, I often say I was born without pride, so <laughs> I have no pride. Oh, well, I can think of a time when pride definitely got me into trouble. Um, we were at Green Bay Bible Camp, um, incredible Bible camp on Lake Okanagan, and somebody challenged me to jump on the blob. Can you mm. describe a blob? Yeah, so a blob is a gigantic vinyl half-inflated mm. bag that's kind like of looks like a fully, sausage. Yeah, that's like fully enclosed. So yeah, half-inflated, and then there's a tower. It's on the water, by the way. It's floating, um, anchored to the bottom of the lake. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, there's a tower, and you climb up the tower, and you jump off, and you land on the blob. And you crawl to the end of the blob, and then someone else jumps on to the blob, and that sends you flying into the air. It completely launches you. Yeah. It's very if fun. It's, if it's done correctly. Yeah. Apparently, it's quite a lot of fun. <laughs> you only did it the once? <laughs> only did it the once. And, and I think now the blob tower, if it's still even there, I haven't been to Green Bay for a few years, um, is only one level. But it mm-hmm. used to be two, two levels. Yeah. And so when someone challenged me to jump on the blob, I my lizard brain screamed, mm-hmm. no, don't do it. You'll be maimed and spend the rest of your life painting pottery with a brush clenched in your teeth. But did I listen? No. Why? Pride. Well, you were like in your 30s. Yeah. At the time. Oh, yeah. And, and here's the thing. I love the beach and the water. But I generally pretty much put a full face and earrings on no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm staying home all the day or all day or going to the beach. And mm-hmm. I don't do it to impress anyone. I just feel better just when like I it. put in a little effort to feel to, to look my best. So sometimes 
people judge me. They draw conclusions about me like I'm some kind of princess. Yeah, that you're precious. Yeah, that won't risk getting her makeup smudged by having any fun. So this is why when I was challenged to jump off the tower onto the blob, I ignored the wise part of my brain, you know, the part telling me that, you know, I've got this connective tissue disorder and I hurt myself really easily and yeah, all those things. Mm -hmm. And I let pride rule. So we've explained what this blob is. It acts like an airbag when somebody jumps off the tower onto it. So um, typically the the person jumps off when when the the second person jumps onto the blob, it assumes the role of a catapult, basically. Yeah, and yeah. It launches the victim into a graceful arc, the apex of which grazes low Earth orbit before gravity wins. Depending on how big either person is. Right. Yeah. And splashdown occurs in the lake. The correct technique depends on which level of the tower you're going to jump from. People on the lower tier stand at the back of the tower and take a running jump onto the blob. I've never really paid attention, though, to the fact that people jumping from the top jump from the front edge of the tower where they can actually see the target floating in the water <laughs> below. But of course, I chose the top platform because, well, if you're going to overcome a wrong impression, you know, you might Do as well. Do it with gusto. Yeah, there you Had go. Had you realized you're afraid of heights mm -hmm. by that point? Well... You know, it's not as much that I'm afraid of heights as I'm afraid of what my body will do. Mm. Like, I just don't trust my body because of my flimsy joints. Do not complete collapse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no. I, I, I mean, I did, didn't love it. But I, you know, jumped off a high diving board when I was, like a tower dive when I was a kid and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, of course, I chose the top platform. So, I, I resolutely climbed the tower and took a running leap off the platform high above the blob. But because I couldn't see exactly where the blob was when I launched myself from the back of the tower, I landed on it at an awkward angle on my face. <laughs> I did a brief lip stand on it before ricocheting <laughs> off the side into the lake. And how do I know I did a lip stand? Because my lipstick left a perfect set of lip prints on the side of the blob with skid marks that trailed off into the water. You know, it's funny. I've heard this story so many times. And for whatever reason, the first few times I heard it, and apparently I've tuned out since then, in my head, you had some kind of failure to launch at the top, and so at the top of the tower was the lip. No, print. no, no. And I was like, I don't know how you how did, did that. How did that work? Were you no. cartwheeling? Yeah. Okay, that makes way no, more no, sense. No. You landed yeah. on your face. Yep. So in this case, pride truly came before a fall and a bad bounce. Mm. <laughs> My neck has never been the same. In Christian culture, we value humility, and it's a biblical value, so we should. But making ourselves small is not a, a biblical value. Fostering humility isn't the same as never stretching ourselves to do something important for someone else in case we get attention for it. So do you have any thoughts on that? It's okay um, if you don't, you know, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a performer. I like to perform. Mm -hmm. I like to be seen. I like to perform particularly because it is a one-way interaction. Mm. It allows me to feel like I'm connecting with people, with but only having to do half the work. Okay. Not take anything in. Right. Okay. I, I grew up in a home where my parents were very uncomfortable with people paying attention to me for, any, like for my singing. Uh, I'm the kind of person that most of what I do 
seems to put me out in front of people. You're an artsy person. I am an artsy person. So they didn't like it. And I mean, they, they were uncomfortable. I wouldn't say they didn't like it, but they were uncomfortable with people paying attention to me for my singing or my art or my appearance. They were always on the watch, lest I become proud. Mm. And that was a, a pretty standard way of thinking back then. In Pro Proverbs 16.5, it says, everyone, um, wow, I clearly have missed some words here. Everyone, I think it's who is, proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. And the verse that is best known is found in the same chapter, verse uh, six, or chapter Proverbs sixteen, verse eight. Wow, Ooh. that was hard. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. But what does that really mean? So Keith G. Ball is the minister of Delaware Church of Christ, and he he makes quite a helpful observation. He says, you must recognize that our English language lacks the verbiage to distinguish between good pride and bad pride. A great example of intense joy is seen in the statement God made twice about Jesus, first at his baptism and second at the transfiguration. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, proud. God was acknowledging that his son was a source of intense joy. Everything that Jesus did was approved by God. And it may come as a surprise to some Bible students that on more than one occasion, Paul speaks of boasting. And when he does, it's not in the context of something that's sinful. So if God expressed great joy in his beloved son, Jesus, and the inspired apostle freely spoke glowingly of the faith of the Corinthian Christians, Shouldn't we be free to speak boastful words about others, even if it is our kids or our grandchildren? I think the way the word I would describe, I would use to describe like biblical pride would be like. Like good biblical pride or, or bad biblical, bad biblical okay. pride would be like grandness or grandiosity, mm. like a, a, an inflated sense yeah, of, and, of uh, self. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And I think we can agree, based on these scriptures I just quoted, that um, the answer to whether or not we should be free to speak boastful words about others is yes. So that's the deal on pride in the people we love. But what about pride in ourselves or in our work? Ecclesiastes 3, 12 and 13 in The Voice says, I know there is nothing better for us than to be joyful and do good throughout our lives, to eat and drink and see the good in all of our hard work is a gift from God. I mean, that to me um, ind indicates pride, mm -hmm. pride in ourselves for doing a good job and pride in our work. Now, our problem with the idea of pride seems to come seem from the inadequacy of the English language to convey concepts from the original languages, Hebrew and Greek in this case, and possibly also Aramaic. So maybe it will help us to think of pride as healthy or unhealthy rather than good or bad. Mm. According to psychology today, healthy pride is expressed in an assertive fashion, um, and it's most often conveyed implicitly implicitly. It's a quiet, self-assured affirmation of one's capabilities. Mm. On the contrary, unhealthy pride is, a far, is far more aggressive and explicit. 
it's a declaration not of competence as such, but of personal of personal superiority. So does that kind of clear things up? Uh, only a little. <laughs> <laughs> so healthy pride um, is implicit. It's quiet. It's mm-hmm. selfish, uh, self-assured. But unhealthy pride is aggressive. It's explicit. It's mm-hmm. a declaration not only of competence, but of personal superiority. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much. It's, it's more competitive than just yes. um, content. Yes. And it's putting oneself. It's not just saying, I'm really proud of myself for doing a good job. Mm-hmm. It's saying, I'm proud of myself because I can do that better than you can. Yeah. Right. So rather than, yeah, contentedness in like, I did this and I'm very happy with it versus I can do this better than X people in the room. Right. Interesting. Yeah. That is such a helpful metric. Oh, good. Yeah. As someone who constantly, I struggle to feel valid in the things I'm good at unless I am the best at them. Mm. And I'm working on it. Like, it's not like I have it. Like, I'm in a cast right now for a musical that, wow, what a talented cast. Yeah. Um, And it's not like when I hear other people sing. I've got to buy tickets for that musical. You do need to buy tickets for that. Yes. I... It's not that, like, when I hear other people sing, I want to run and hide. Um, I'm capable of being like, wow, she's really good. And there's a part of me that goes, oh, she's better than me. Or I could probably done that better. Um, and that's the part that I'm Yeah, it's the comparison that, that yeah. is, is not healthy. That's the unhealthy pride. Right. Interesting. That's helpful. Uh, and I'm not sure most Christians have this sorted out. No, I would say no. (laughs) Right? So both unhealthy pride and unhealthy humility can keep us from living for God. When we have unhealthy pride, we can make ourselves bigger than God in our own minds. Our unexpressed attitude might be that our plans are more important than God's or that even if we're following God's direction, we can do it on our own. On the other hand, when we make ourselves small, we won't let God use us because we're not good enough, or somebody else can do it better, or we might fail. Both of these attitudes are disobedient to God. They have the same outcome of making ourselves unavailable for God to use to accomplish his redemptive purposes in the world. I I think Carrie Jo is someone who allows God to determine her size of influence. I, I met her mom at a women's re- retreat I was speaking at, and I was so inspired by her story. She wore a, a gunny sack for a prom dress. So a literal gunny sack, not like gunny sacks by Jessica? No, the no, 70s like actual burlap. Okay. Yeah. And she did it on purpose. Her mom explained to me that Carrie Jo has always seen the world a little bit differently. So when her high school graduation approached, she was really disturbed by the amount of money some of her peers were spending on a dress for one day, even though it was a special day. The importance that her peers were assigning to their appearance for this one night really bothered Carrie Jo. It seemed to her like they were looking to things like sequins and satin for their intrinsic value. And now Carrie Jo, she likes to dress up as much as any young woman, but she saw an opportunity not only to challenge the belief system of her high school and her broader community, but to raise awareness about the needs of young women in the developing world. She thought of all that could be accomplished with the collective cash being shelled out on prom dresses, and she decided to make a statement. 
Through a friend, she found the perfect opportunity to invest in a new vocational school in Niger for girls who were at risk of being sold into prostitution or being married off very young. And she told her family and friends that if she could raise $10,000 for her cause, she would wear burlap, a burlap dress to prom. Well, the campaign went viral. And in the end, Carrie Jo far exceeded her goal. She raised enough money to fund the entire school, including supplies, tuition, and even the cook's salary for an entire year. Isn't that cool? That's wild. Her unique God-informed perspective of her worth changed her paradigm. I'm so glad she didn't decide to be small, to make herself small. Mm. She allowed herself to stand out. And instead of choosing what would make her glamorous and feel good for one evening, she chose what would make her look outward and feel great for her whole life. And rather than ending her grad with a few photos and a dress in storage, she ended up she ended it knowing that the entire lives of a whole class of young women were potentially forever changed. In fact, it's possible that not only were their lives going to be changed, but the cycle of poverty could be broken, resulting in generations of change. And not only were generations going to be changed, but because of the influence of Jesus-loving teachers, their eternity could potentially be changed. I love that Carrie Jo didn't need an elegant dress to make herself more important. She was allowing God to determine her importance. And I think she's an incredible role model for us. Mm -hmm. Another good example is uh, from the Bible is David. He had God-sized self-esteem. I mean, he certainly didn't get it from his family of origin. His His own father saw him as so insignificant that when the prophet came looking for the next king among Jesse's boys, he didn't even bother calling David in from guarding the sheep. Wasn't he only little? Just a little guy? We don't really know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was young, but I mean, not too little. You wouldn't send a really little kid out to defend your sheep against wolves, right? Mm, That's what they did in like 16th century France, but... Hmm. That doesn't seem very sportsmanlike. Yeah, a bunch of the kids got eaten by wolves. A whole bunch of them, yeah. Oh, wow. There's a whole thing in Jebedon. Carry on. Okay. Well, when Saul mustered an army to fight the Philistines, David didn't even qualify for the draft. He was left behind with Inky, Pinky, and Puffy while his three (laughs) older brothers went off to fight. So clearly when people thought of strength, they didn't think of David. But David spent a lot of time alone in the wilderness with the responsibility of protecting a bunch of sheep. And maybe it was his own awareness of his vulnerability and his weakness that caused him to grow such a strong dependence on God. I don't know, can you think of a time in your own life when out of weakness grew strength? Yes, the last several years. Yeah, i sure. And I, I don't like saying this because it does seem like bragging, but I have undergone a lot over the last, like, five years. And, and we'll unpack that a little bit more next week. Yeah, but I've, for the most part, kept it together. Mm-hmm. There are things that, like, my house is seldom clean, and I do laundry not often enough, but... I have held down a job and succeeded and mm-hmm. um and not just a minimum wage job either. No, You've got not a that real there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, I have I have 
grown in my career and developed a lot of professional skills and maintained a marriage that's on the other side of the planet. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, so no, it's not small things. No, no. But I would also say I'm sicker than I've ever been, hmm. especially this last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going on a little too long. Yeah, I'm kind of over it. Yeah, no <laughs> I'm kind of done. But so here in I what am. way did your strength come out of weakness? Like, wh- where was God in that equation for you? <sighs> so that's a hard question to answer because all of it and everywhere. I just, if I had to do it on my own, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. And I, this is dark. Even survival right now is is fully outside of my scope. Hmm. I don't have it in me, but I don't have to. <laughs> um, right. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength I need. Yep. And that's all it is. I I can't do much, but what I can do, I can do by the grace of God, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, for me, it was a, a really dark time in my life, um, a really, really hard time. And I, um, I just, like you, I couldn't get through a day without spending time with God. It was, it became a non-negotiable. Yeah. And so it was out of that need that I would go to God every day for the resources I needed for that day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough to ask for the week. I had to go every day to get my tank filled up. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it, it's not like I'm carving out time and like which I should do but it's not like I'm going to regular bible studies or anything it's literally like my car is stuck and I can't get it unstuck by myself Mm -hmm. it's not that I'm being proactive and being like hi everyone if my car gets stuck today can you jump in it's no I'm in crisis right now Mm -hmm. and I need help right now um Quite literally taking it as it comes. And that's when you go to God. In, yeah, I mean, I'm, crisis. I'm kind of always going to go. Like, mm-hmm. I, my prayer is kind of just a, my inner monologue. But mm-hmm. yeah, yes is the short answer. Okay. So for David, when he asked for the opportunity to fight <clears throat> Goliath on behalf of the entire nation of Israel, no pressure. Which that's, I can see myself being like, man, I swear, if I could just get to this guy, I'm positive I could take him down. <laughs> But he was positive he could take him down because of his history with God. Mm-hmm. And in, in the, the scriptures, it, it, there's this, um, the story is told of, of David saying to Saul, you know, that he'd been infused with God's strength to kill wild animals with nothing but a club. His faith filled him with confidence, not in himself, but in God. And he said to Saul, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. That's in 1 Samuel 17, if you want to read it for yourself. And of course, you probably know the rest of the story. David killed Goliath Goliath with a a menacing weapon known as a slingshot. And he actually had to borrow Goliath's own sword to remove his head. (laughs) It would have been big. Do you mind if I use this? Yeah, probably not. (laughs) So here's what we can learn from David. We don't serve anyone by making ourselves small. God doesn't expect you to have everything needed to mend the gaping hole in the world's fabric. He just wants you to offer what you have. 
he will do everything else you need or provide everything else you need to do what he asks you to do. It really isn't about you. Now, I'm pretty sure God isn't asking you to kill an unusually large soldier or wear burlap to the next big event in your life. But maybe he's asking you to offer a hug to someone in distress or to ask what seems to be a nosy question of a person who seems to need support. I've done both of those things <laughs> and it was scary. It was taking a risk. It felt awkward, but it's resulted in some amazing, even some healing things. When we accept assignments from Jesus, it's always for his honor. It's doing in the world what he wants done and doing it for his sake and the sake of those he loves. It isn't about believing we're all that. It's about offering what we have to God to use however he chooses. And yes, sometimes it's scary. Taking those kinds of risks requires courage. Ambrose Redmond said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. I love that. Mm -hmm. Was David afraid? Well, I'm pretty sure he was. But he saw a wrong that needed righting. He said, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Representing Jesus in the world, doing what he wants us to do does not mean we will never be afraid or never feel too small. It will mean stepping out of our comfort zones and taking on things that are beyond our natural abilities. Sometimes we'll feel like we're in over our heads but we're not in over God's. The beauty of stepping into our God-sized self-esteem and taking on the assignments he shows us, whether it's across the room or across the world, is that we know how desperately we need God, right? Conversing with him regularly about every facet of our lives stretches our faith and draws us closer to him. And then seeing how he answers prayers for those God-sized assignments, whether it's, you know, a huge undertaking or whether it's surviving another day, as you've said, it shows us that his fingerprints are all over our lives and all over the assignments that he has for us. Feelings of fear and false humility can keep our God-inspired dreams trapped in our hearts. Grasping the truth about our identity and our destiny can help us take the risks required to set them free. There are no ordinary people. Let's partner with God and enjoy the pride of work. Well done. Mm. So just before we close up, <clears throat> Um, yeah, we want to remind you, this is our second last episode and we're sorry for springing it on you. It's, we've been kind of trying to sort out how and when we were going to wrap up, mm -hmm. but, um, we do encourage you to, to tune in next week. We're going to do some reminiscing and talk about some of our favorite moments. Things we've learned. Things we've learned. Yeah. And, um. And where we're going from here. Yeah. 
yeah, where you're going from here. I don't know where I'm going from here. <laughs> I'm going to sleep more, I guess, <laughs> probably. Uh, well, and we really encourage our listeners to find other podcasts mm-hmm. to help you grow on the go. There's there's lots on, on the Face Strong Today network yes, on its own. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter, encouraging you to grow on the go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.